0: Hello everybody, welcome back to The Hastings Harvest, where I interview inspiring young minds, creatives, all types of people, and try to harvest how they go about their craft. Today I'm joined by my good friend Dimitri, the talentless writer. Well, we've never actually met in person, but we're great online friends. He actually reached out to me after he watched some of my YouTube videos, and I think I saw that he had a check mark next to his YouTube channel name, and that's the power of the check mark on YouTube. And we started talking on Instagram, and we've been friends for... Almost like a couple years now online So hopefully we actually meet in person But this was a good first step To make this podcast and have a long conversation If you don't know the talentless writer He is an animation YouTuber With over 345,000 subscribers He's been making animation videos For about 6 years on his channel And he makes videos related to short story time And trending comedy topics So in this podcast we talk about How he actually got into Self-improvement and his whole journey With self-help, why he dropped out of college and tried to become a game developer, the keys to his success on YouTube, and also my success, and how he created a cult of blue bird profile pictures on YouTube, which you might have seen already. If you want to follow him, he's just the talentless writer on both Instagram and YouTube. With that all out of the way, enjoy the podcast, and let's get into it. Dimitri, welcome to the Hastings Harvest. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this with me. I'm excited to get into the convo. Uh, first, let's tell the audience and myself because I don't even really remember how did we come into contact. I think you first found me, and I don't remember how exactly you reached out to me or how that whole process went. Yeah, like <laughs> because we're we're quite different spectrums when it comes to YouTube content, so. How did how did that come to be?
1: So I found out about one of your videos. um, I forgot how long ago, probably a year ago, maybe. Um, And I just commented on the video. And since I'm verified, you you saw it. (laughs) And uh, and then I think I just followed you on Instagram and you followed me back and we just started talking. And uh, yeah, I've always been like a fan of like self-help stuff. So that's how I found out about your stuff. I don't remember what video specifically it was that I first found out about you.
0: Yeah. And so I want to talk about how you got into self-development because i don't I don't see that from youtubers like you like i know you live with a lot of youtubers right now who are in more so the comedy space more so animation uh how like are they also into self-development like is this a is this a common thing for
1: no people <laughs> who are
0: not like straight up into self-development to like kind of occasionally watch self-development videos like and how did you get into it
1: yeah no it's definitely not common uh most people that i know that are in my space um aren't really into it um for me it was because before youtube i was a programmer and i was just constantly um just looking for ways to improve my life and better myself um i I got super into it because of this thing called um secret entourage i think it was called i don't ever heard of it um it's basically just like this form of like entrepreneurs um so like basically i never had like a mindset that i could like become rich or like do whatever i wanted in life um but i was on instagram one day like just, i don't know nine years ago like when i first got a my first smartphone and uh i followed like a lot of car pages on instagram and then one day i saw like an ad on one of the car pages like oh do I don't know how people get these cars like um follow secret entourage. So I followed that account and like I bought their book or whatever and like it was super eye-opening um just like what's possible in the world because I always had like a very much so uh, scarcity mindset and um I don't know I just I just started after that I just started doing more buying more self-help books I guess and um watching a lot of videos and talks and stuff like that and I just got super into it. And um, it's still a part of my life today. I still watch like a lot of stuff um, based around self-development and uh, read books occasionally. So yeah, it's definitely definitely not something that's super common, but it's mainly because of my start as a programmer, I guess. Yeah, and trying to build a business.
0: Did you say it was like a car ad, or like you were looking at cars and you saw something like, hey, you want to know how people get these cars. That sounds like a total (laughs) scam, but it seems like that book actually worked out, which is surprising. Because that sounds like some uh, Lopez shit.
1: Third Circle Theory. Uh, It was a pretty good book. Uh, But yeah, that was like the first self-help book I read. And then after that, I started buying a bunch more and just reading more shit. And uh, yeah, just because I really like looking at pictures of Lamborghinis, (laughs) that's how I got into it. Yeah.
0: The manifestation, you got to visualize it. Yeah, exactly. You have talked about, to me, that at one point you were thinking about starting a self-development YouTube channel. Like what what... Was that going to be around what you're doing right now with animation no, or did you have was, a completely different type of content planned? it would for be
1: different like you ever watch fight mediocrity yes yeah it would just be like that where like i would just um just like do recaps of books and like do those like a- those same animations that all those channels use just that kind of thing because i felt like if i did that it would get me to read more books um it would give me some incentive to read more books but i never did the idea um because i felt like it wasn't really adding much as opposed to like what other other people already doing like fight mediocrity and other channels so i felt like it wasn't necessary to even do that
0: so i didn't know that you used to be a programmer before trying to do youtube what made you want to switch to that like what what inspired you to become a youtuber
1: well originally i became a programmer just to like make money so i was learning how to code i had a mobile game business that i was making uh that wasn't doing very well (laughs) and uh the reason I started even getting into programming was because before programming, I wanted to be like a fucking DJ bro. <laughs> and, uh, really? Yeah. Where um, did that come from DJ? Yeah. Like, well, I just wanted to be like a music producer. Yeah.
0: What piqued your interest in it? Like what, what, made oh, you really um,
1: know? so like before I got into like super, super into self-help, I remember I was watching a video of Hardwell performing at, um, uh, Tomorrowland that like big music festival. And I was like, damn, like, he looks so happy. Like, why can't, why can't I be that happy? So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start fucking making house music and shit. (laughs) Nice. That's why. How far uh, did you get with it? Oh, no, I never even, I would just like open up FL Studio and look at it and be like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) I I just (laughs) do that every day. I wasn't even making anything. I was just like researching music theory, but I wasn't like actually making music. But um, eventually I read this book called Life Hacked. Um, And that book got me to, um, I just, I related to that book super hard and it got me to get into programming. So I stopped like trying to get into music and then I started programming. Um, I got into game development because that's what I really enjoyed doing when I was doing programming. And, um, yeah, eventually at that point is when I was in college and like after three weeks of college, I dropped out. Like my first year of college after three years, after three weeks, I dropped out um and then for the entire rest of the year i was lying to my parents or pretending i was going to college but i wasn't i was just going to like the library and like writing up fucking um ideas for different games and then during that time i was like i really i'm not doing well with programming. like i'm not making money and i'm not really enjoying it so that's why i decided to switch over to youtube because i was like a dream of mine since i was a little kid just to be a youtuber um mainly a runescape youtuber but uh mm. now doing animation instead oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that i was have a switch
0: i have a hidden youtube channel where i produced runescape videos have i showed you that i don't think should so. i shot that out right here
1: you definitely if people should.
0: <laughs> people want to check that out i think it is called stings space rs vids so stings is just a reference to my last name hastings I don't really remember what my name was on RuneScape. Is it ends with a Z at the end? So I'm not sure it was entirely appropriate. So uh, maybe I shouldn't have told people about that, but I'm going to keep that in anyway. Doesn't matter. You tried out a bunch of different things as a kid, and you dropped out of college. It seems like you always knew, to some extent, that you wanted to take a different route in life where do you think that stems from in yourself
1: that was from just me hating working at uh in the restaurant industry and just fucking i was like i need to do my own shit i gotta be my own boss i gotta make a shit ton of money on my own i don't want to live this life anymore so um basically my the past eight years of my life was me trying to reach that point of being able to do um what i want to do for a living and after eight years like this maybe past two months is when I finally came to fruition um, and I'm definitely not even close to being rich yet like I haven't even made six figures a year yet but um, it's definitely a step in the right direction but it's taken me a very long time to reach this point
0: for sure I remember when we first started DMing on Instagram and you were telling me like oh yeah right now I'm working in NYC and what was it, a pizza shop or something yeah or? yeah And I'm trying to do YouTube full-time. Hopefully we get there one day and it's like now you're there you're living in LA with other creators who I don't know if you looked up to them, but I I've certainly watched a lot of their videos and I I admire them even though they aren't in my space. So It's really fucking dope to see how far you've come and see people's journey with that. I had a similar experience with realizing that I needed to get out of working for other people because I had worked in so many other Restaurant industry jobs. I had worked as, as a busser Mostly bussers in several different restaurants. I was always the worst worker there mm-hmm. and <laughs> I don't think many of my co-workers ever liked me that much because of how awful I was at the job like when I back then I was definitely a completely different person but also when I I'm doing a job that I just really despise and don't like and the fact that I didn't have the mindset to Push through challenges and be resilient I just was like the worst worker you could think of, you know My very last bus job that I ever had Was at this city club, which is like a country club in a city basically and I remember like every 30 minutes I would go to the bathroom and like sit on the toilet and just play on my phone And like I can't I can't do this for more than 30 minutes I was the worst worker and when people hear that They're really surprised, but i'm like no like i've i've had a a big transformation with with my mindset towards things because even if I were to if even if I was required to do that these days I think I would do a much better job but still just that whole experience was like I gotta get out of here I cannot be working for someone else doing something I don't like I need to make this
1: work yeah you know I was the opposite I was a really hard worker like I was a pretty good worker but um I just hated every second of it and I couldn't fucking stand it
0: so tell the people who don't know what your YouTube channel is about what do you do on your YouTube channel
1: so I mainly make like uh it's all basically animation i'll do like animated sketches based around trending topics and shit and just like um video games based around video games and um most of the stories about my life that i animate and i just do rants um that i have about like either work or school or life in general uh just mainly comedy shit. how did you learn how to animate um from youtube just looking up tutorials on youtube i mean my shit is super simple it's so crudely drawn and um but it, it it took me a while to learn it but i did it i just learned everything through youtube for free yeah
0: and how has your animation style evolved over time like what what made you go with that sort of animation style
1: so before the talent was i had like six other youtube channels for um like the year and a half before that channel came out it was just like over that year and a half or two years i was just like trying to figure out what i wanted to do um, and my like my first ones were just like basically stick figures, um, and then like a little better looking stick figures, and then at one point I had like an actual art style, but it didn't really, it looked really cool, but like for animation it didn't really work well. And then even at the beginning of this channel, I have a completely different art style. If you look at like my first three videos on the channel, uh, it was a completely different art style. And um, I was like, all right, I gotta find the right art style that I can, that looks good, but I can also like make quickly because that art style I was using at the beginning of this channel like was taking too long and I hmm. if I wanted to do like more complex like if I wanted to have like the arm up like I had to draw um, redraw everything as opposed to what I have now where it's like stick figure arms and legs so it's easy but it looks better than just basic stick figures so I think I spent like two weeks just um, drawing um, up different Character models and stuff until I came up with the idea for like the big eyes and square head And Mm. that's what I I stuck with to this day. I love I love how it looks
0: (laughs) It's the classic talentless writer look. Yeah, (laughs) I remember seeing a talentless writer Bald figure and that kind of creeped me the fuck out. Who was that with who was that for johnny sins was that? Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I have a bunch of bald ones For depending on who the character is what do you use to animate your videos?
1: Uh, I use the like basically the whole Adobe suite. I use Adobe Animate um, for the actual animation, and then I put in Premiere, and then I use Photoshop for the thumbnails. What advice do you have to people who want to
0: get into this sort of creative endeavor like animation? Like, where should they start out? Where did you first start? Like, did you start right away in Adobe Animate, or is like
1: there an easier option right away? I don't know if there's an easier option. I mean, what I started doing was like, I was basically making slideshows. Like I would put everything in Adobe Illustrator. I would draw like slides on there and then put it all together in iMovie. And it was like a slideshow basically because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, Yeah, I guess Adobe Animate's a good program to start out out with, but uh, it's definitely a little costly when you're first starting out paying. I mean, even with the student plan, if you get the whole entire Adobe suite, it's like, Twenty five dollars a month, which if you're a student, that's still like a lot of money to be spending. Um, so you might want to find other ways to acquire it. I'm not saying what, but you know what I mean. And uh, yeah, I guess I Adobe Adobe is a, Adobe <laughs> anime, a good uh, one to start off with if you want to get exclusively into animation. But I, my main recommendation is just just create shit and um, like your first few years of making, like maybe your first two years, right? You're gonna make shit that sucks, but just like keep making stuff. And um, there's like this video I remember I was watching called The Gap where like you, there's a point you wanna reach and there's a point you're at now with your talent and you just gotta keep making stuff until you fill that gap and reach that other point. So you just gotta keep making shit until you finally reach that point, in my opinion.
0: From the talentless writer to the talented writer. You think you'll ever change (laughs) your YouTube channel?
1: No, I I love being called talentless. I don't know why, it's just like my nickname. I love when people call me that.
0: You think that's fueled a lot of roasts in your comment section? What do you mean? Do you think people see that and it programs them to be like, oh yeah, this guy is talentless.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People say that all the time. Especially when I comment on other people's videos, they're like, oh, name checks out.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, <that's laughs> I get that up. all the time. Yeah, that's it's so up. funny. Uh, what, what sort of self-development practices have you applied to your own YouTube channel into animating? Like from back in those days where you were really into it, what have you taken since then and applied to what you do right now?
1: I don't know. I, I I don't know. It's just there's so much stuff that I just took bits and pieces from that just built my mindset, I guess, to this day. So there's not th- there's nothing specific. I guess like the tools I would use, like I still use like a Pomodoro timer when I when I make stuff. I use like the eighty twenty rule in terms of my content creation, where like it doesn't have to be perfect, but. Uh, wait, no, does that count as the 80-20 rule? No, that doesn't. I wouldn't like, say it. No, yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know why I thought that. Um, no, why did I say that? Anyway, but yeah, like, um, I, I make sure that, like, uh, I don't have a perfectionist mindset when I make stuff because if I do, then I'm never going to make anything. So, um, you know, just make sure it's 80% right.
0: Dude, I think, I think that's one of the biggest things holding people back from starting something is it has to be perfect right at the start. It has to be, like, the top youtubers that I look up to are the top entrepreneurs whatever you're trying to get started with. Mm-hmm. I have this patron on my patreon who I've talked to for several months now and the reason he subscribed to my patreon was because he wanted to start his own YouTube channel and get tips on it and keep himself motivated by talking to me and just be able to grow it at a faster pace that he w- than he would by himself. And it's been going on for several months now and just every time we talked he made up another excuse to the fa- to why he didn't make uh, the video and most of those excuses revolved around oh well you know i don't have this equipment i don't like it just didn't turn out the right way when i recorded it and i re-recorded it and it just didn't sound right and i just had to put my foot down and because this guy pledged for an entire year on my patreon Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of money and I want him to be getting the most out of that patreon subscription Not just me saying hey man, like okay, let's like get it done and then we'll talk next month I put my foot down. And I was like, listen, dude Here's what we're gonna do if you Until you put out your first video we're not gonna talk on the phone yeah. anymore <laughs> and If it comes to the point where you just seriously, cannot put out that video, and you say, fuck you, Cole, like, fuck you for making me doing this, then I'll just give you all of the money that you haven't yet used from your yearly subscription. So, I haven't heard back from him since, (laughs) but I'm hoping that that got him to really start to take action. And so that's just an example of perfectionism i think if i would have tried so hard at the start to be like my favorite youtubers or my favorite whatever i would have never fucking started like go look at dimitri's first videos go look at my first videos they're not that good they're pretty awful actually (laughs) and that's how you start out you have to be willing to be a beginner at things but so many people are scared to be a beginner at things and they just they think that they need to start out their channel being like Mr. Beast type videos right away or whatever they're trying to do. And so I don't know if you have any any other thoughts you want to add to-, to No, production.
1: I was just going to say, um, especially when you're starting out and you have no audience, like there's nothing to lose. Um, it's not like you have hundreds of thousands of subscribers already and you're putting out content that's not that good. And they're like, oh, why, is, why are we watching this? Like, You have nobody watching you yet. So you might as well create stuff and put it out there and just build up your your talents and your skills and like learn how to create stuff on YouTube and um, just build that habit. I think that's the best way to go about it. And um, yeah, that's basically it. No one's watching you. So you might as well just put shit out.
0: That's a good, that's a very positive perspective of, of looking at the fact that no one's watching you. Cause a lot yeah. of people usually see that as like, why do this then? Yeah, how did you push through that that? like there's ten people watching my video. What what's the point of this?
1: I just I just had so much Hope and like a vision that eventually it was gonna lead to something greater I mean, there were so many times I wanted to give up like so many fucking times Um, but I was like there was just that sliver of hope that eventually it would work out and I've been doing YouTube for six years and now it's been like finally paying off so yeah, just gotta, six year grind. Yeah. You just got to be uh, delusional enough to think that'll it'll work out eventually. <laughs> uh that's
0: that's a good way to put it. It was kind of delusional to me too. You know, I had friends when I was at like parties on the weekends, and like I was uploading YouTube videos once a week back then, and didn't really have that big of an audience at all. Maybe a few hundred people who watched me. They're like, "Yeah, man, I really hope it works out." And I was just like. No, I know it's going to work out. It has to work out Mm -hmm. that sort of mindset like there's I didn't really have well, I did have a backup plan because I had a degree but it was like there's There's no other option other than I have to firmly believe and tell myself that this is gonna happen no matter how long it takes because I I'm not going to be the guy that looks back at his life when he's 60 and says, oh, I wish I would have just stuck with YouTube another year after doing it for three years, so I would have blown up. That's not fucking happening for me. It seems like that's not what you wanted to happen for you. So important mindset to definitely develop. Let's talk about the bird. Your mascot, whatever you want to call Is it your mascot? The, the brand...
1: Yeah, I guess you could call mascot. it a mascot. You yeah, know, brand I write, mascot. I got it right here with me. Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> so the people
0: who are audio listeners, uh, talentless writers, profile picture on YouTube is this blue bird with kind of like a smirk with a smile and like sunglasses. It's not. It's Did not
1: I, a. It's just a beak. Oh, it's a beak. Yeah, a lot of people. Oh, a man. lot of people have reached out to me and been like, "I always thought it was a smile, but I just realized it was a beak."
0: It does it looks like a smile to me I think what's causing me to feel that way is because like the sunglasses make it like the dude's like looking all cool And he's like smirking like oh, I didn't know that was a beak. That's a game-changer <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about that because I'm sure if you are On YouTube or have been on YouTube for the past I don't know how long it's been since it became like a big thing for people to put that as their profile picture You've probably seen this blue bird with sunglasses and the gray beak how did you start this basically like cult of bird profile picture makers?
1: So this was like a few months after I would first blown up on YouTube. Um, I just wanted to make something like, like, you know how um, that one guy had, oh yeah, yeah, Maximilian Muse, where like everyone yep. would change to like that matrix photo and say, oh yeah, yeah. And then same thing with Leafy. Nobody changed their pictures, but they would uh, comment hiss on every video they would see. So I wanted to do something like that, and um, I just randomly – I don't even remember how I chose to eat your cereal, but that was, like, the thing. I wanted everyone to comment on every video they saw. And um, and then for the bird, it was, like, one of my earlier videos. It's called um, A Little Birdie Told Me, just talking about, like, when you're growing up and, like, people would be, like uh, – Like, someone would tell you, like, a piece of information you didn't think they knew about you, and you're like, well, oh, how did you know that? And like, a little birdie told me, so I made a video about that. And uh, one of the characters in that was that bird, that blue bird with the glasses. Um, and I thought it looked cool as an option for people to change their profile picture too. instead of it just being like my character, I wanted to do something a little different. And um, so yeah, I just made a video very cult leader like telling people to do that. And a lot of people fucking did it surprisingly because um, it was also like at my peak of um, growth in terms of my channel. So what,
0: what was it that yeah. got your channel to pop off?
1: Oh, um, honestly, I still think back to it and it's, it's definitely a multitude of things. There's not really one thing specifically. Um, basically what happened was the end, I think it was like October, 2019. That was like right when, um, I was like trying to go super hard. I was like, I have to make YouTube my job ASAP. Um, and I was like uploading every single day for two weeks. And then, um, I feel like that might've helped. And then also, I had just done um, a collab on my channel with one of my favorite YouTubers ever, whose content is very similar to mine, who I'm super inspired by called Bruce Brewstu Films. Um, so he did a voice on one of my videos and I had featuring Bruce Brewstu Films in the title and he had um, made a community post about it saying, go check it out, go check out the video because I did a voice in it. And then after, I think it was about three weeks after he made that post, uh, my I started picking up views and I don't know whether it's because of the daily upload because at the time YouTube was favoring um, higher quantity and yeah, it could have also JC been nice. Yeah, it was definitely, the, I, think, I think it was a mixture of both of those um, because there wasn't one specific video that popped off um, and it wasn't even his video that popped off. Um, it was just like a combination of videos on my channel, getting a decent amount of views that just led to, um, the growth. I think just because I had such a big back catalog at that point, um, just people constantly new viewer uh, viewers watching that back catalog led to um, the growth of it. Yeah. Hmm. So that so, was it was um, November twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. I hit one hundred k, and then like literally four days before that, I had like ten k or something. It just it exploded so quickly. Girl, that's crazy. Yeah.
0: So continue with that story on 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 the bird how does that all connect
1: oh so basically i just made um i just want to have like my own cult thing where people comment and feel like they're part of a community i guess um it was just just a way to boost my ego and feel like i'm a youtuber (laughs) that's that's how it came about
0: yeah it's interesting to to hear about that and get into the details of like what was the tipping point that made people realize that, oh, everybody's doing this and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. Like, do you think it was just because of what was happening at that time of the the snowball effect of your channel? Uh, or was it p- particularly the way that you like marketed it in a sense? Like, how did you promote it exactly to get all of these people? Who, and they still to this day, many people I see on YouTube have the blue bird as their profile picture.
1: Yeah. Yeah um no I guess it was just the I forgot what the video I think the video was called like let's take over it's time we took over YouTube or something Um, and I guess just the passion I had in that video trying to get everyone riled up to to come together for this cause of telling everyone to eat their cereal (laughs) is uh, is what led to it Um, yeah I think it wasn't really anything crazy it was just me telling people to do that in a very cult leader esque way Mm, Yeah,
0: like conviction in your face Super about it. Yeah, I think I've watched that video. So I I remember (laughs) let's talk about Your move to LA. So you've been doing this for six years Finally, it's turned into a full-time thing. Yeah, Uh, and you finally have gotten in contact with very very popular people on YouTube that I Watch their content pretty frequently in the kind of comedy space like Cool Man Coffee Dan, like Ryan the Leader, Sir Spence, uh, Joel Haver, and you live with a few of these guys. How did that come to be? And like, why, like, when did you first meet most of those guys? And when was the exact moment where you knew I can do this full time and I can move to LA? Where did this plan come from, too?
1: So basically, uh, I met Cool Man Coffee Dan. About three years ago, uh, because I used to work for him. He made a post on Instagram. I was a big fan of him. He made a post on Instagram looking for an intern in New York, and I applied for it, and I got the job. Uh, So that's how I met him. And that was also like five months before I blew up on YouTube. So um, yeah, so I was still pretty small at the time. So I met him when I was super small, like maybe a couple thousand subscribers. Um, And then over the years, I just became like super close friends with him. And um, he invited me out to LA to LA to visit um, March of last year. And that's how I basically met everyone else just from visiting LA. Uh, and then eventually um, I came out to LA for two months. I was airbnb just to check it out. And that's how I met everyone else. Um, and yeah, the during those two months, like I, I, I was trying to make it my career. Um, I knew I wasn't making enough money to be able to live out there forever. But I was like, all right, I have two months to try to figure this out, but it didn't work out and I had to move back to New York and go back to the pizzeria again um, for three months. But then i uh, it's not that I was making more money, but I had a uh, cheaper rent <laughs> where, where I'm staying at right now because the Airbnb was super expensive mm-hmm. and uh, where I'm at right now is a lot cheaper. So I'm able to afford to live out here. So I'm not making like crazy money or anything crazy yet, but... um it's, uh, it's helpful to have less expensive rent when you're living in LA, especially. Yeah, <laughs> so that's how I'm able to live out here now.
0: Big time. Was LA always the goal or did it only become the goal after you had connected with those people?
1: No, it was honestly always the goal. I don't know why. It was just, I was, maybe it was because I watched too much Entourage or something, I don't know. But <laughs> LA was always the goal. I remember like four years ago, like sitting at the bus stop In the fucking freezing cold, snowing, like waiting for the bus stop to go to college, which I was dropping out of constantly. Uh, And I was like, I'm going to fucking move to LA one day. I was like looking up on Google, like moving from New York to LA, shit like that. Um, Yeah, I don't know why. It was just always the goal, I guess, because as a YouTuber, like I watched all these other YouTubers move to LA, like FaZe. And um, like the first house I remember was the Gamer Shore, Um, just a bunch of obviously... Youtubers living in LA. It's very big, um, for that community. Um, yeah, so LA was always the goal. Um, but now it's a reality. Yeah. Tell me the story about
0: that one night where you were at, we're at like this crazy nice ass house in the Hills, probably. I'm assuming it was in the Hills and you were taking like stories of it. I saw it on your story and I was super jelly and I was like, why the hell are you living like, the typical influencer life right now. And I'm not what's going on here.
1: Yeah. no. That's just <laughs> what's a, the story behind that? A friend of a friend's house. We just went there for dinner. He was like, Oh, you want to come to my friend's house for dinner? And, uh, I was like, yeah, sure. And I, uh, uh it's a crazy ass house that he's, that he's living in. So I'm assuming you've
0: met a lot of very, very popular creators, much more popular than I've ever met. What is the experience like meeting these people when you see them in person, because every experience I've had with a creator that I've looked up to that I've met in real life, I, I feel like it's very grounding for me. And it's like, it's almost a sense of relief to see creators and realize that they're real people and they're just regular ass people who pushed through long enough to become really good at something. What, what has that experience been like for you?
1: so the first creator I ever met was Danny Coolman Coffee Dan, um, and before I met him in person I was like oh I'm probably going to feel like it's going to feel crazy meeting him because you know he's someone I've been a fan of for a while but when I met him I was like oh he's just a regular ass dude um, yeah most of, most of my experiences meeting creators like even creators I'm a huge fan of has just felt super normal there's only been like one time I felt starstruck um, hmm. who was that? Joel. <laughs> oh, Joel. Yeah, I okay. know. Yeah. Uh, he's my roommate. <laughs> yeah. That's but, crazy. Uh,
0: That's full circle.
1: But yeah, I, every other time, even though like meeting people, like whether it's Twitch streamers or YouTubers or whatever, it's felt super normal. I don't know why. Um, yeah. I think the only other time before that, that I met creators was Danny had um this like, this small event he was ho- holding for animators in New York. Um, just anyone could come by, and there was a bunch of uh, storytime animation YouTubers there that like I had watched every single one of their stuff and like kind of looked up to. Um, and that time, I had like a pretty negative experience meeting YouTubers because like they're very clicky. It really felt like high school. There was only like there was like maybe fifteen, twenty um, storytime animators there, and like a few of them were like super nice. Some of the like some of the nicest people I ever met. But then the rest of them, it just felt like high school. It was so weird and that really like turned me off from like wanting to become friends with other youtubers but um but everyone else I've met has been super nice and it's felt super chill meeting them
0: yeah I feel the same way I'm a little scared to get to that point where I feel like once you get to a certain threshold with some creators it's like if you don't have a certain amount of followers I'm not even going to look your way yeah I feel like that's such a big thing in LA despite that I definitely got a visit, and yeah. I don't know if I would ever live there. Like, I, how are you affording it right now? Like, well, yeah, what do you, my
1: rent's a thousand dollars, bro.
0: Oh, that's it. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, so, I say that's it, but people are probably like, "What the hell?" Like, yeah, yeah. No, for in LA, like, that is insanely, insanely good. Yeah, that's super that's cheap. What's your favorite story time animation you've ever done? And tell tell the story of the story that you told in that video
1: this this customer. The video is called the Clean Table Customer. Uh if you go on my YouTube it's and you're not subscribed, it's like the first video that shows up as like the trailer or whatever for my channel. Uh basically what it was it was I was at work and this guy came in and um he went to sit down, he ordered food and he went to stay. And he was like, oh, um, like your tables are filthy. Like you got to clean them. And I just cleaned the tables like right before he came in. So I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? So I went over the tables and I'm looking at the table that he wanted to sit at. And it's it's clean. It's super clean. So I just pretended to like wipe over it. No, I I think I cleaned it at first. And then he said it was still dirty. So then I went back and I pretended to wipe over it. And he was like, okay, it's clean now. And I was like, the fuck is this guy? So like this guy was just like.
0: I don't know. You're just trying to bust my to balls or something. What? Looking for something to complain about.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't know what his problem was. The, clean, the table was clean as fuck. There was, There's literally nothing, not a speck of dirt on there. Um, yeah, it's funnier when you watch the video with the animation, but that was basically the story. Yeah, that's my favorite story time, I think. Where'd you learn how to tell stories and write? I guess just like my first videos ever on YouTube. Um, Or it's like the stick your animation. I was writing as if I was writing like a school essay Uh, It was super formal and didn't sound natural at all Um, but I think just over time just writing stuff and like trying to figure out how to make it funnier and just um, Write it in the mindset as if I'm telling a story to my friends as opposed to like telling a story to like an audience like a TED talk or something that helped me a lot um, and I definitely watch like a lot. I can't remember anything specific But I've watched like a lot of videos like how to be a better comedy writer or just how to be a better um, Comedian and shit like that um, It's just over time over the years. It's just uh, Writing a lot has helped me Just like going back to like how I was talking about just create stuff even if it sucks Just if you as long as you keep practicing and creating stuff like eventually you're gonna Improve over time and if you don't improve you're doing something Really wrong. I feel like you if you're not improving, you're going out of your way to not improve. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so it's like you're I, not
0: putting in any effort. Yeah, exactly. The practice of just doing something repeatedly. And I think it's important to emphasize that when you go back to doing that thing the next time you do it, you should try to improve by one percent every time you do it. And by the end of the year you'll have improved by 365%. But Saying that there are going to be days where you don't necessarily improve you might plateau you might even have a setback that sets you back farther but that's what success looks like and people also just don't understand that on top of this is kind of related to perfectionism is just people think like success is like this linear straight line just goes up like this it's like no dude it goes like way down then way up then way down way up
1: sometimes it circles back around and you're like, Yeah, sometimes it fucking circles
0: and you're like, What's going on? Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's still moving up and up as slowly as it might be, you're still making progress and it's gonna take a lot of fucking
1: work. Yeah, that's why a lot of work. I remember I saw this chart where it was like if you look at success like year to year, um, it looks like a ladder, basically, or not not a ladder, like a staircase where like you're plateauing. Sometimes you go down, sometimes you go up, sometimes you stay the same. But if you look at that graph over at 10 year intervals, you just see it going straight up um, because long term, it's going to just keep going up and improving, even though in the short term, it might be like curving and going all over the place.
0: Exactly. Exactly. What, what do you do during those times where... You feel like shit about what's happening and like, you know, recently you've talked about on your YouTube channel Your views haven't been as good. What are, what are some of the things you've told yourself or done to get through this? Because I've certainly dealt with it in the past with YouTube with the way YouTube's set up You know, you've talked about the ranking system one through ten on YouTube that controls our mental health Yeah for the next few days after we post a video YouTube has this ranking system for those who don't know where every time you post a video, it shows you where that video ranks 1 through 10 based on your 10 previous videos. So if your video is doing really well, you get 1 out of 10, and YouTube literally shoots fireworks, like, out of the fucking thing, Yeah, (laughs) out of the 1 of 10. It's like, hey, you did it. You're good. You know what you're doing. And when you get 10 out of 10, it's like, it doesn't say this exactly, but it's basically like, yeah, you fucking suck. Like, you need to figure it out your your videos are not good. And so that controls a lot of the roller coaster of emotions that is being a YouTuber and the views are so unpredictable to an extent. I mean, you can have viral type idea videos that you put out every single time, but at the end of the day, it's just like it depends on trends, it depends on what's going on with other people and what's what people are searching for right now. Especially with something like your channel where you're like you're taking advantage of trends when they happen, So what are the things when YouTube is being annoying and the algorithm is starting to hate you for a second, what are some of the things that you do or tell yourself?
1: Um, I just try to take like a long term approach, like think of it as all right, right now, shit isn't going my way. But I feel like I'm still so early into what I'm doing. It's it's been six years, but long term, like I haven't hit ten years yet. Like, imagine this entire six years I've spent where like a lot of it was just trying to figure shit out, and then then the next six years, I feel like I'll be once I reach like that twelve year mark, I'll be so much more ahead. And like what's happening right now won't even have mattered anymore. Um, I just try to treat everything as. Uh, that I put on my channel as an experiment and just practice. And um, yeah, I'm just like, I haven't hit 10 years yet. Like, and this is a long-term thing. There's really nothing to stress about um, as much as I want to stress, like even in other industries, like especially stand up comedy, like people don't even start getting good until 10 years into it. And I've only been doing YouTube for six years. So like, there's nothing I should be really, I shouldn't be worrying that much as I really am.
0: Yeah. In those instances, so freaking important to focus on the macro. It's like, you know, I took a whole month off of YouTube in January, was it? Yeah, in in January, and the next month, February, I started posting again, but like, I noticed that more people were unsubscribing than usual, that was starting to get to me, and then also, my views were just lower, no matter how much I posted that month, and so I had to tell myself, who are these people unsubscribing? People that Like if they see one ounce of me being like Inconsistent or unsure of myself because I was talking and opening up about Going through a mental breakdown. These people see an inch of that. They're going to unsubscribe They're not the real ones that are going to stay here with me for this journey anyway So it doesn't fucking matter And people are always going to dislike you and criticize you on the internet no matter what you do And I've gotten to that point where it really doesn't affect me too much the the bad criticism and I do want to talk about that <laughs> as well. And then also just think about like, okay, this is one or two months out of my entire YouTube career, which I plan on doing for, I would say, at least the next five, ten years. And that is nothing in the scale of things. I know things are going to go back up because that's the way that YouTube is. I'm going to figure it out. And that's what, yeah, that's what, that's what led me through uh, a time like that, focusing on the macro not focusing on the criticism. And yeah, let's talk about that. You, we, we all get a lot of criticism online, no matter what we do. How do you handle that?
1: Um, a lot of the comments I think are super dumb. I'll post to Instagram stories and have other people make fun of it too. Um, I don't know. Most of the comments that are negative, I don't really care about. And sometimes I get happy when there's negative comments because I'm like, I didn't start getting negative comments until I started blowing up on YouTube. So it's clearly a good thing when you're getting hate. Because um, I always think about like even people who I look up to that are like that I think make the best content or comedy or anything ever all get hate. Like people I wouldn't know. Like I know people who hate Mr. Beast, and I'm like, how do you hate Mr. Beast? Like he's like the nicest guy ever, from what I from what I would assume. And I personally um, think
0: he's insane
1: yeah he's definitely insane but like definitely insane there's people that think he's like an asshole and evil like people like my cousin he's like oh yeah mr beast is an asshole like um he's giving money to random people instead of homeless people but then like he gives money to homeless people and be like oh he's exploiting homeless people like there's always going to be an issue with whatever you do um but for most of the comments they don't really bother me the negative ones the only time it'll bother me sometimes is when people are like oh i used to like be a really big fan of your videos but now you're not funny anymore i'm like fuck like that'll bother me because like they actually used to watch everything I used to do. And now they think like, I'm not funny anymore. So I'm like, all right, maybe that bothers me a little, but not really. I'll, I'll get over it
0: with those people. I feel like you, you got to understand that your audience is evolving with you and what they prefer on YouTube and their humor in your case is going to change over time. So inevitably some of them are not going to like your humor anymore because it's not going to be for them anymore. So that's the way I would, I would describe that. What, what does your daily routine look like? Like how do you plan videos? Do you have a structured routine or are you kind of just like, oh, I have an idea. Let me do
1: it. No, that's, that's literally my routine. I have an idea. <laughs> I do it. Uh, yeah. Most of my ideas, it's not coming from me, like sitting in a chair, trying to think of ideas. It's me like in the shower and then I'll think of an idea or like something will happen and I'll think of an idea or I'll tell someone a story, and they'll be like, oh, you should make a video about that story. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I never even thought about it. Like, I guess the story is pretty funny. Um, yeah, it's mainly, like, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, most of my video, like, especially my short sketches, those are literally, like, made the day I think of them. Um, like, my Will Smith video. Like, I had nothing planned for the week. I was actually going to take a break from YouTube that week. And then it was the day of the Oscars, and the whole Will Smith thing came out. And I was like, okay, I guess I gotta go to my room right now and pump out this video. <laughs> and uh, that's basically how it works, yeah. Especially a lot of my stuff I end up scrapping and um, everything is basically just on last minute. There's very little structure, it's just all over the place. But I kinda like it that way, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I do as well. I have a lot of ideas stockpiled up in Notion that I write down immediately when I have them. And I always suggest that to everybody yeah, like, I have that I have a
1: lot of ideas written up. Yeah. too.
0: You gotta like right once you have an idea you got to write it down immediately or you will forget it and I find that My best ideas come to me out of nowhere and when I'm not like actively trying to find Ideas, it's just the way that creativity kind of is it's it's an unplanned sporadic type of thing and there needs to be a good balance between that and being scheduled a little bit at least because we're running our own businesses to some extent so you need to have that balance of like working and setting deadlines for yourself and scheduling things and letting the creativity flow through being bored more or just doing things outside of your work and being not so one-dimensional I think helps with the work itself That uh, would agree. my
1: Yeah. Do you, do you believe in God? Yeah.
0: And in what sense?
1: So I grew up uh, Greek Orthodox Christian and um, there was actually a point like a few years ago in my life where I was like questioning. I was like, I don't know um, if I believe in God, if I'm an atheist or whatever, but I had the really close call um, where I almost got in like a super bad car accident. And like, it felt like by a miracle, I avoided it. And after that, that's when I started getting more, I guess, spiritual and like believing in God, because I was like, that's the only way I was able to survive, because some higher power is, is what stopped me from dying that day. Um, and that's when I got super into it. Um, I don't like going to church. And I don't really agree with a lot of religious stuff. But I do feel like I believe in God or a God, like, a, like a higher power that's watching over us that um we can look up to it and think like all right the world isn't just the world like there's something more going on
0: yeah i i definitely don't i wouldn't say i believe god in the cr- traditional like christian sense but i was talking about this with a friend the other day and we were talking about how like there's so many like little coincidences, coincidences and like things that connect in my life in like the outside world that it's just like This is a little too fishy here. Like, there's something going on behind the scenes here. And that kind of makes me believe in a higher power. I, I do tend to stay skeptical about those things, but also have an open mind about them. But I do believe that there is some sort of higher intelligence out there that seems to govern... The flow of things and there's like an intelligence that keeps things in a state of balance. Regardless if people think the world is out of balance right now. I think there is an equilibrium that things, if that's even the right word. Just a sort of balance that things always come back to That that is, uh, I don't want to say planned, but I don't know how, how else to explain that. Do you, do you believe in fate? then
1: yeah i i believe in like fate and destiny and um i'm a big believer in the law of attraction yeah so then what about the people
0: who right now say i have no future i have no good destiny what 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 should they do if they firmly believe that their destiny is sh- like a life of shit what what what, what could they possibly do then
1: just because uh, that's what my life was for the longest time. Just like I hated my life so much. Um And anytime I would like listen to interviews of people saying like, oh yeah, I, I went through all these struggles, but then I'm like, oh, your struggles really weren't shit. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like you have to have some sliver of hope that at the end of the, at the, there's at the end of the tunnel, there's something better waiting for you. As long as you put in the work and you just try to go after it. You just have to have that some, that just one thing you hold on to that you feel like, all right, this one thing or this lifestyle change or whatever is going to lead to me having a better life. Eventually, you just have to have hope. Um, Yeah, even I don't know, you just have to hold on to something that you feel like will eventually lead to a better situation for yourself. And that's what worked for me. Um, Yeah, for the past eight years, I've been telling myself, tomorrow's gonna be my last day working at the pizzeria. And I told myself that basically every day for like eight years. And then finally, (laughs) after eight years, it fucking happened.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And yeah, regardless if you believe in God or not, one should have faith and optimism in the future. This is like scientifically backed to help you with what you're trying to achieve. And I think a lot of people... See their lives as like I have to complete this thing I have to get to this certain point in order for my life when I look back to be a life well lived or fulfilled and I think that Even if to use myself as an example, even if I never Got super big on YouTube I would have been happy with the journey and what I did because I was doing what I truly enjoyed to do So even if you think, oh, you know, maybe I'll like there's that little sliver of like doubt of like I don't know if I'm ever going to get to the point where I want to be at If you're doing the thing you want to do You are at the point where you want to be at that That is the, the most cliche thing. The journey is the destination, but it is because I'm sure you've experienced this I've gotten to certain points in my career That I would have never even imagined just a couple years ago And I would back then I would have thought once I get to this point once I'm making this amount of money Then I will truly Feel like I've made it and i'm happy and i'm just content that never comes You just go with the process and you just learn to enjoy That and the fact that you'll always be chasing something more and that's totally fine and No matter how far you get in that thing as long as you're just doing the thing you enjoy then you fucking made it
1: I don't know. I feel like some things I've done has made me happy, like not working in the restaurant industry has made me yeah, very happy. I, I accomplished course. that. And that made me very happy. But uh, no, but I totally go. You mean where you're always gonna be chasing stuff? Like, I'll make a certain amount of money. I'm like, Oh, that's, uh, I, I want to reach this by then. And just uh, all these goals that it, the goals that you set for yourself are always going to be trying to top themselves. Um, but yeah, you should try to get to a certain place where you can have a minimal amount of things happening in your life. Like you don't need anything crazy or luxurious, but you'll be happy. And I feel like that's where I'm at right now.
0: Do you think money buys happiness?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Just yeah. Straight up. I, mean, I also don't have a lot of money, but like, I feel like having money would buy me happiness in the sense that there's a lot less to stress about. And even a lot of people who I know that have a lot of money have told me the same thing. They're like, it, it definitely helps you have less stress. Cause I've had so many, Stressful financial moments um, in my life and like, all right, maybe buying a Lamborghini won't make you happy. But having not having the stress of financial worries definitely would make me happier. because So yeah.
0: do you think there's a certain point uh, where it becomes a like diminishing returns? with Yeah, money? yeah. Uh, 100%. Like that
1: whole um, $75,000 thing. Yeah. Where do you think yeah. it actually is then? Where, where diminishes yes I don't know because I've never I haven't even made $75,000 a year yet so I don't know mm. <laughs> I haven't hit that point yet for me I'll let you know when I hit it
0: because <laughs> for me I've reached last year I made six figures which was crazy and I thought it was always like when, when, what I was told was like 70,000 it was around that around that area I don't I think maybe 50 years ago but now with inflation and everything no shot and also I still think the like the more money that I've made now I haven't made that much more than last year but we'll see what happens with the rest of the year uh, I still feel like there's some aspects where I'm feeling myself stress less I suppose but I've always been one to stress about money even when I have it which is something I'm trying to, well, I'm, I'm happy I have that trait because it makes me very frugal, <laughs> but sometimes I overdo it to the point where it's like, I could definitely buy this thing and it would make my life a lot easier, but I just choose not to because I'm still in that mindset of before because I my, my income, it like almost quadrupled in one year, which was crazy, and so I'm still stuck in this mindset of before, but I feel like, getting to this point and still like my income is slowly going up. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where that diminishing point of returns is either. Like I, I think it's past six figures at this point for most people. And it's, it's interesting to, to think about and what we were told about how money can't buy happiness. I do think to some extent, If you can't be happy where you are right now Then You're gonna have a difficult time being Happy When you have money But It is much easier to figure yourself out And worry less And like figure out how to be happier with yourself And love yourself when you have money Mm -hmm. So I I guess that's my whole My whole spiel on it There's one thing I want to confront you about Dimitri Okay, we're talking about sliding in DMs. <laughs> so there's a specific influencer we both know, right? Yeah. That you're simping a bit for, am I right? Yeah, it's true. What's your thought process with that? What's going on with that? Why? I don't know, bro. What? Like it, you've seen oh, her in person, right?
1: Yeah. Now you've seen I her in did, person. Yeah, I did, but I didn't get a chance to talk to her.
0: I feel like you could have. I feel like you actually could have. Nah. And now. What if, like, what, what, what if she's seen those messages? Then I'm like, why didn't you respond? I'll be like, why didn't you respond? That's what you'll say for real? Yeah.
1: No, I don't know. Maybe I'll show her the messages if I see her again. Let's end it off with the way that I usually end these off.
0: I'm gonna ask you a question, which is, if you could have a billboard that you could put up everywhere for everybody to see, what would it say and why?
1: I would have it say just keep going because I feel like everybody needs that encouragement that they should, they just gotta keep pushing through and whatever is going on in their life right now, as long as they just keep going, eventually, hopefully, but I think it will eventually work out.
0: I like that mindset because I have the same sort of mindset and it certainly worked out for both of us. Dope. Yeah. Thank you for coming on again. And if people want to find you, where can they find you?
1: Well, first off, thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. This is great. Um, if you want to find me, basically you can just follow me on YouTube. Um, the other platforms I'm on, I don't really care about. You can follow me on there. I don't really have that many followers on the rest, but on YouTube you can find me at the townless writer. Uh, watch my videos, leave a comment, and uh, yeah, that's it. All right, thanks, Dimitri. Thank you, Cole.